The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. The best biblical description I've ever heard of a hurricane as Louisiana, worse, and Texas, not so worse, are reeling. One-fourth of Louisiana, no power. Havoc as a chemical plant caught fire. The governor telling those around Lake Charles to shelter in place the fumes could be deadly. In a rare twist, Hurricane Laura was still a hurricane 170 miles inland. And for those of us who've lived through hurricanes, we know that tornadoes seem to always follow the original storm. Just before Jesus in John 3 spoke of the wind, he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. The wind there? The Spirit sent to fill people with born-again new lives. Whether in the Gulf states, Kenosha, or virtual political conventions, those words we need to hear, you must be born again. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story with you that's all about Jesus and our final day in a series called Come Quickly, Lord. I want to ask you a question. This is not a Bible trivia quiz. This is a Bible awesomeness question. Do you know what Jesus repeats seven times in the book of Revelation? Do you know? I didn't until just recently. Jesus said seven times in Revelation, I am coming. I'd like to invite you to stick around and hear why Jesus said this and discover the significance of why he said it seven times. I know it'll be a blessing because Jesus said reading Revelation would bless all who read it. And that's exactly why my friend Karen Heimbach recorded a dramatic production called The Revelation. She wanted to help others experience the blessing of hearing God's word read aloud. I asked her to share what some of those blessings are for both adults as well as children. People start to connect the dots and they get a clue as to the overview, the overarching themes in the Word of God and how everything is tied together, the most magnificent bow in the book of Revelation. And I would say some of the recurring testimonies that I hear are among children. Children get it. They know it's this is between good and evil and God is good and God wins. And so even the scary parts don't scare them because they know that God is going to win. Goodness, if children are not fearful of the book of Revelation, uh, the adults should not be either. And yet, ironically, adults are fearful to read a book that God has promised would be major blessing to them. That's Karen Heimbach. She's with the Church on the Way in Hollywood. And in just a moment, we'll hear more from her production called The Revelation. Karen felt called by the Lord to memorize this final book. And then she was struck with another idea. What if she dramatically recited the book with a cinematic music score and sound effects even behind her to help her tell the story. So that's how the revelation was born. This presentation is truly unforgettable as Karen brings revelation to life, God's word to life, with the world-renowned London Symphony Orchestra underneath her. As you listen to God's word spoken aloud, I know you will be blessed because the Bible says you will be. So after our few minutes in this program together, I want to send you this two-CD set of the Revelation for your gift to Haven today. Now, it was an expensive production, 
but I will say it again, worthwhile. So your generosity to this listener-supported ministry will be a blessing to us, but God's Word on these two CDs will, I know, be a blessing to you. So call us after the program. Our number is 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836, or go online and check out a short feature on our website about the making of the Revelation, and then you can make your gift and get the two CD set. And you can do that when you visit haventoday.org. One word, haventoday.org. And one more thing before we start the program. Studies are showing depression is up four to five times, but it was this same time a year ago. If you or someone you know is struggling with it, then I'd like to send you a very helpful and hope-filled book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. Even the great preacher Charles Spurgeon struggled with it, but he found his hope in Christ alone. Ask about it when you call or read the first chapter if you can visit our website at haventoday.org. Now let's open the program with a song reminding all of us that Jesus is coming. Crystal Lewis and her song, People Get Ready, Jesus is Coming. Lord, I'm ready now. I'm waiting for your triumphant return. You're coming so soon. Find my peace and joy
cloud sitting. The infinite coming, getting. The king loves his children. I ain't trying to be divisive, bruh. Just excited. The creator's throwing a party, and homie, we invited. Yo, soon and very soon, all this foolish toiling. Under the sun, be finally done. Perfect effect of the work of the sun. Faithful, unwavering. Staying on post, and then he exited the grave like death is a joke. Seated next to the father, bruh. Waiting for the green light with enemies under his tongue glass. That's our cue to take flight. Babylon, come down. Death is gone. We will live steady. Miss Lewis, say people get Called 25, that's a newer version of a classic song from Crystal Lewis with a special appearance from a Christian rapper. Propaganda. People get ready. Jesus is coming. You're listening to Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. It's Friday, so we just decided to break out here for you. Well, when we began the program, I asked this simple question, and I'm going to repeat it again. Do you know what Jesus says seven times in the book of Revelation? I have to be honest with you. I didn't myself until just recently. Jesus says with a perfect number seven times in the book of Revelation, I am coming. It's significant that he says it seven times. The number seven is a repeating theme in Revelation. There's seven letters to seven churches, seven spirits before God's throne, seven golden lampstands, seven stars held in Christ's right hand, seven seals of judgment, seven angels with seven trumpets, and as I just mentioned, seven means completeness or fulfillment. The book of Revelation itself is the completion, the fulfillment of God's word. When we come to the end, we're warned not to add to it. The testimony of God is complete. So the fact that Jesus says, I am coming seven times is not trivial pursuit. It's meant to impress on our minds the absolute certainty of his return. It is a done deal because everything necessary for it to happen has been accomplished. The plan of God is marching forward in history to its final culminating event, the return of the king. And the king himself tells us solemnly, seven times that it will happen. I am coming. Revelation 2.5, Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I'm coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place. Revelation 2.16, Repent, therefore, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Revelation 3.11, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. Revelation sixteen fifteen. Behold, here it is again. I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. Revelation 22, 7. And behold, here it is. I am coming quickly. 
Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. Revelation twenty-two twelve. Behold, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me. And then Revelation twenty-two twenty. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. The first two times Jesus is speaking to the churches, and he's warning them that they need to repent or he'll come and do something. He'll take away their lampstand. He'll make war against the heretics. This isn't the final coming. This is an intervention by the Lord into the life of his church. The Lord is always coming, always present with his people, always acting to accomplish his great and good will. But the last five times Jesus says, I am coming, are about his second coming. And each time he puts the emphasis on the suddenness. He's coming soon. He's coming suddenly. He'll do it like a thief. We don't know when, but we know for sure he's coming and that the world will be taken completely by surprise. But as believers, we should not be taken by surprise. We just need to be ready. We should be waiting and watching, living our lives in light of the absolutely certain fact that Jesus is going to return. And with that thought in mind, I'd like to go to Dr. Ben Witherington. He's at Asbury Seminary in Kentucky. A couple of years ago, I asked Ben, what was the one truth that you would preach from the book of Revelation? You know what he said? Well, listen up. I would stress the certainty of the return of Christ, whether sooner or later. And I'd say it'd be kind of like my grandmother's visits. You know, she would call up my mother on the spur of the moment and say, hey, we're coming to see you. Now, my grandmother lived in Wilmington, in the old days, it was a long drive to the middle of North Carolina in High Point. And my grandmother was big on stopping at a lot of places along the way, antique stores, <laughs> barbecue restaurants, this, that, and the other. So my mother never knew when exactly grandfather and grandmother were going to show up, right? Mm-hmm. But she knew for a certainty they were coming. The timing was not known. The outcome was definitely known, and therefore she acted on the basis of the outcome. And she got ready. She got ready. She was going to be prepared, whether it was sooner or later, whether it came at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or 2 a.m. in the morning. So, you know, she was going to simply be ready. So she'd clean the house, and she'd prepare the food, and this, that, and the other. And we might not eat it until the next day, but we were ready. And, Mm. I mean, that's the kind of expectation and anticipation I think we should have. And I think part of what that means is living loosely with the things of this world. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7, the form, the schema of this world is passing away. The fact that Christ has already come and the time has been shortened. He does not say the time is short. The Greek is very clear. uh, He uses a metaphor for shortening out the sail so that too much wind doesn't get in the sail. He says the time has been shortened. And because there's an event in the past that has shortened the time, namely the Christ event, the coming of the first coming of Christ, we need to live in that already not yet moment with a certain sense of detachment from the world mm, and its yes. all its institutions. I mean Paul puts it well in Romans twelve. He says, Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, you know. Uh, Do not be conformed to the world, but we should be transformed in the image of Christ and and still remain living in the world, not being Mm -hmm. of the world. 
So, I mean, that's how I would talk about preparation for all this. This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morrison. That was Dr. Ben Weatherington, a famous New Testament scholar. I am so thankful that I can confidently say that the Lord is coming, and he's coming soon. But we don't know when. And like Ben just said, we better get ready. Jesus preaches the same sermon almost every time he talks about the second coming. Here's just one example. In Luke 12, 40, you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. So how do we do that? How do we get ready? Jesus tells us in Revelation 16, 5, Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. Jesus gives us two pictures here of how to get ready. First, he says, stay awake. In other words, he's saying live with the alertness of someone who's expecting it to happen any day. Be doing the things you want to be found doing when your master returns. In Luke 12, Jesus says it's the people who think he's never coming who start beating each other up and getting drunk. The faithful servant lives expectantly. He watches and he keeps faithfully serving his master. So as followers of Jesus, we need to stay awake. And second, we need to keep our clothes on. (laughs) In Matthew 22, the wedding guest who is not dressed for the party gets thrown out. Remember that? In Revelation 19, the bride has her clothes on. She's made herself ready. And the way she makes herself ready is by wearing the beautiful wedding clothes her bridegroom has given her to wear. He has robed her in his righteousness, and it makes her beautiful. We get ready by adorning ourselves with that beauty and living like a bride who's been claimed by her bridegroom. Jesus tells us seven times in Revelation that he's coming. The last few times are found in the final chapter, chapter 22. I'd like to finish our time together by listening to Karen Heimbuck. We began the week with chapter 1, and I think it's perfect that we look into the future as Karen recites the final chapter of Revelation. And as you listen, I hope you will listen for Jesus promising to come to you. Karen Heimbuck. The Revelation with the London Symphony Orchestra. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. 
the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers, the prophets, and of all who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, because the time is near. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say come, and let him who hears say come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says yes. I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Wasn't that powerful? I've met a lot of people who've told me it gives them goosebumps just to listen. My friend Karen Heimbuck reciting from memory the final chapter of the final book in God's holy word, Revelation, found on a two-CD set. And I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today, wrapping up a series called Come Quickly, Lord. And as the music plays underneath me right now, I want to remind you that Revelation is the only book in the Bible that comes with a promise of blessing. Despite 
The images that can escape us when we first read it, Revelation 1-3 says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what's written in it, because the time is near. Do you want to be blessed? Then I want to send you, right away, a copy of Karen Heimbach's two-CD set called The Revelation. And I want to do it for your gift, your generosity, your giving back to this listener-supported ministry. And please pray about how generous you can be. This production was expensively produced. It cost a million dollars, and it costs us more money to get it into your hands. So after you pray, just call us at 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836. Or you can just visit us online, and when you're there, listen to some excerpts from The Revelation by Karen Heimbach. And while you're on the website, you can take in that special short feature about the making of the project. Karen talks about it, and there's behind-the-scenes footage of Karen recording live in studio. So just visit us, won't you, right now at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And one last thing, don't forget to ask about the book called Spurgeon's Sorrows, Realistic Hope for Those Who Suffer from Depression. Even Charles Spurgeon struggled with it. And this helpful book will show you where he found his hope and how he found his deliverance. I'm Charles Morris. Won't you come back again and join me on Monday when again we'll get to share together the great story, It's All About Jesus, here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It was only a few months ago that new life started springing up out of the ground. And now, thanks to water and sunshine, those flowers, plants, and vegetables are in full bloom. It's amazing how God causes life to spring up seemingly out of nowhere. The prophet Isaiah once wrote, As the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. And that miracle is greater than the miracle of spring, because what righteousness and praise spring up out of was once not only dead, but evil. And the soil he's talking about, that would be you and me. You can start receiving Anchor Devotional in print monthly at getanchor.com.